Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, quarantine time. Uh, quarantine time in Tennessee not sounds does not sound as good as football time in Tennessee time. Or basketball time and Tennessee time. But that's what time we have time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday afternoon. From across the uh, across uh, the city of Knoxville at an undisclosed location somewhere in Knox County. Uh, joined in this podcast by good, good co-worker, good co-worker, good work proximity uh, associate partner, Patrick Brown. Pat, what's going on, man? Nothing much, just uh, keeping up with the uh, social distancing. Yeah, that, is that really a problem for us that much, though? Like, I don't, I gotta be honest with you, I don't hate the whole social distancing thing. Uh, no, um, it, I mean... At some point, though, I imagine we'll all be kind of getting, was it cabin fever? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, for, for most of the staff, uh, and I will speak for Grant Ramey, even though he's not here, a um, few of us wouldn't mind having to not leave our houses, but just for like non-essential things. So. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't hate it because especially we got the yard here that we can pl- that I can play around in and, you know, got some got some dirt i gotta move around after getting the new fence put in so i got some stuff that i'd love to be doing and i guess now we'll have time to do that because there will be no uh for the foreseeable future anyways no uh no tennessee football no tennessee basketball no tennessee baseball to cover uh even recruiting wise you know they can just make phone calls there's really nothing else they can do on that front for a while and 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 here's what's interesting pat uh i understand completely uh, why the NCAA made just about all of the decisions that it made, the SEC as well. Uh, when you look at countries that have kind of done their part, and, and again, I'm not a medical expert. I'm just telling you I can read numbers. And uh, the numbers from countries that, um, that that seem to kind of take this thing seriously on the front end, uh, they've had a much better time or a much better chance of sort of uh, taking care of this thing, uh, this, this novel coronavirus, this COVID-19, uh, better than countries who didn't. And I kind of wish we'd done it a little bit sooner when you look at the numbers because maybe we're a little bit late on this, but better late than never. And, and it seems to me like um, this is one of those times where it does kind of suck, but they're doing this for a reason. Well, you'd rather uh, overreact than underreact, obviously. Um, uh, and so I, I think it, you know, was it, I think it was Sunday that the CDC came out and said that all gatherings of 50 plus people should be banned for the next eight weeks. I mean, that's two months right there. Uh, who knows if, if there will ever, you know, Tennessee got two spring practices under the belt. A few SEC teams didn't get any. Um, who knows if, if there will be a, a spring practice. I don't know if, you know, 
what, what the situation is going to be with that, with recruiting, everything's just kind of on hold right now. And there's really kind of like no way to know, um, what is, what, what's going to happen with this. Cause this is all new territory for everybody from, uh, the, the people that are, you know, dealing with it on sort of on the front lines with the, uh, the health and, and infectious disease experts to people like Greg Sankey, who, you know, I, I'm sure has had uh, a lot of sleepless nights. There's probably a lot of people in the NCA that didn't want to have to come out and, and cancel things as far out as uh, the college world series and some of the stuff, uh, that was set for May and June. But, um, you know, at the time it was sort of, you know, why are they making that decision? And then, you know, you hear the CDC come out and say, put kind of puts that eight week thing out there and you're thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe they were, uh, maybe it would have been getting, end up getting canceled anyway. So, uh, it's, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation for, you know, teams, uh, you know, you look at college basketball, so many teams, uh, even beyond Tennessee had had great seasons. You know, a few teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament for the first time. Now they're not going to have that chance. And then, um, you know, you have to feel for a lot of the, the spring sports athletes whose seasons were just getting going and then boom, just like that, their their seasons are over with. I'm sure for a minute there, some of them thought their careers were over with, but, uh, fortunately it seems like the NCAA is going to do the right thing and give every, everybody a year back. But, um, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of unknown with what the future holds with this situation. And, uh, I'm sure at some point things will get back to normal, but it's anybody's guess and, and who, uh, when that will be. And, and I guess for now, uh, you know, it's up to everybody to kind of help make uh, that happen. So the the flatten the curve thing, if uh, the more people do now, maybe the quicker things can get back to uh, to normal and we can have sports back. I know it'll be tough for a lot of people, myself included, to not have live sports to turn on TV. But uh, it's just the weird situation that everybody's in right now. Yeah, and, and for, for those who hadn't done a lot of time following Tennessee baseball yet, uh, the Vols had won 15 of their first 17 games. And we're looking like one of the potentially better teams in the country. You know, when you look at the metrics that kind of really judge over the course of time the success of a team, uh, two of the the biggest ones are on-base percentage offensively and then walks per nine innings pitched uh, are another category. Tennessee was top three nationally in both of those categories. Uh, and, and it was doing that despite having two of its best pitchers or three of its best pitchers who had hardly pitched at all this season with some injuries and, and a couple of starters uh, who were field players who who were either playing part-time or something or, or not playing much at all because they also had some injuries. So they were doing all that uh, despite not having some of their best pieces available. And uh, they were really – including a potential first-round pick and, and Garrett Crochet. And, and, and so they were – you know, they were – this looked like the best Tennessee baseball team of, of more than a decade, comfortably. Uh, th- this looked like a really, really good team and a program going in the right direction. And and so for them, I imagine, you know, Vitello and those guys are just kind of, you know, stunned at this exact moment because, you know, it's it's fu- kind of funny. He did an interview last night on a, on a statewide radio show here in Tennessee, and, and he said that – uh, at first, for the first, when he heard they were going to take a couple weeks off, he was like, you know what, I got some guys banged up, getting ready to go into the SEC grind. This isn't so bad for us. We could actually, this could be a good thing for us. Uh, and then the very next day they heard, well, the College World Series is off and you can't do anything for at least like another month. And they were like, oh, well, now it's not a good thing at all. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hate it for those guys. And it looks like they're going to be getting their – uh, season of eligibility back. Of course, that won't do anything for some for some of Tennessee's guys because they're juniors, draft eligible, draft eligible juniors, and and they're probably going to be picked so high in the draft that they're going to have to go. So it does probably sort of prematurely cut short some of their college careers. And and I know that's tough because you're talking about guys like you know your Crochets and Solaris and and those guys who 
Um, probably, I'm, I'm guessing, won't be back next season because of the draft. We'll see, but uh, that that's part of it. But but maybe some of the other guys, like Will Heflin and some of the seniors, uh, they could get another year back. That would be good. Now, the interesting thing here is, and I'm definitely going to talk to, to Ramey about this, but for basketball, uh, I wonder what they're going to do about this eligibility thing because when you think about it, they got to play a vast majority of their season. In fact, some teams had already kind of been done with their conference tournaments and they weren't going to be in the postseason and that was going to be the end of their season. So for a few teams out there, it didn't really affect them much at all, uh, if at all. But if you're even – let's look at teams like Tennessee, for instance. Um, They still could have made the postseason. They were going to play in the NIT – maybe had a small percentage chance to play themselves into the NCAA tournament if they'd gotten to the finals or won that thing. And so should those guys get a year back? Because you play for March in a lot of cases, and that got taken away from them. So what do you do there? I think Gino R.E.M. and some other coaches have made really good points about that, that this is why a lot of people come to college and this is their dream, and you take it away from them. Well, why why does that year count? So th- th- this puts them all of them in a bind. I mean, doesn't yeah, it? And, and no, yeah. I mean, it's there's there's going to be a lot of questions for uh, the NCAA to answer in terms of roster limits. Do you you know for for those spring sports and what do you do with um, some of the, the the seniors and some of the the players that didn't get a chance to uh, for those winter sports such as basketball who didn't get a chance to compete for a national title didn't even get a chance to compete for a conference tournament title, which um, if you want to view the NCAA tournament as the big event, then uh, the the conference tournaments, even for for the bigger leagues like the SEC, are, are sort of smaller extensions of, of that tournament. So, I mean, because uh, everybody goes into March, once you get to your postseason tournament, everybody kind of goes into uh, into March zero and zero. You can, you know, you can kind of win your way in and, and win your way from there. So, um, what do they do with with some of those those players, and um, you know what, what happens with with that situation? I think there's a lot of questions for uh, the NCAA that they're going to have to answer. And, and in terms of bringing it back to spring football, what do you do with those practices? You know, some people have started some. Do you add those to the start of uh, fall camp and the preseason? I mean, you're going to have some teams starting in mid July. Are things going to be fine by then? Who knows? So uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of uncharted territory for uh, a lot of people uh, in college athletics from you know from from you know, the, the administration and, and, the, and the people in charge, Phil Fulmer, the coaches, all, all those people at Tennessee to, uh, from that level, you know, expanded to the SEC and the NCAA level and, and even beyond into, into all of sports. So this is just new territory for everyone. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone would love for things to get back to normal as quickly as possible. But uh, it, it's it's just there's just no way to know at this point when when that time may come. Yeah, and, and there's definitely some football I want to talk about after we go to break here in just a second. We'll we'll spend the second segment focusing totally on that. But I I, I was thinking about and, and forgive me, this isn't a ton having to do with um with with football right now. But I I think about teams like uh, Dayton and San Diego State and basketball, uh, and these were legitimate you know national title contenders who who are not normally national title contenders. And those teams have some seniors here and there. They've got some guys that you know I, I mean. They're not NBA players, but they're they're really good college players whose team had a chance to win a national title. So you're going to tell them that, well, your career's just done? I don't know how you can do that. I mean, there's something inherently disgustingly unfair about that. 
So I don't know exactly. Now, for baseball, it makes sense. You just blanket uniform, give everyone their season back, and, and, and softball too, and track and field and all those. You go ahead and do that because that is uh, just an easy thing to do because that's obvious because their seasons had not even been in conference play yet. So you do that, uh, and that's easy. But for basketball, I mean, I think about those, you know, I mean, obviously you think about guys like Jordan Bowden, um, but really don't you think about guys like Dayton and San Diego State even more because – those guys could win a national title. They really could win a national title. And now they don't get to play an NCAA tournament, so their careers are just done and they go overseas and play. That kind of sucks, doesn't it? Well, they're not going anywhere right now. I mean, that's just the the thing is that everybody everywhere is on hold. I mean, you look at the NBA season, Premier League, you know, Major League Baseball is suspended at start. I mean, everybody's dealing with this. So um, I think some things are, are bigger than sports, and this is obviously, you know, kind of one of those situations. But – yeah, I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's it's easy to feel for, for some of those teams. You know, you look at a team like Rutgers who hadn't been since, you know, 30 years, hadn't been in the tournament in 30 years. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not – I haven't followed college basketball as much as uh, probably a lot of people, but – Because Jaw ja doesn't play it in it? Is that why? Uh, huh, well, he, he played it last year and did pretty well. So, yep. um, you know, it's it's something that, that uh, you know, everybody loves the tournament. Everybody loves, you know, you know, has their sports that they love and everything really, I guess, except the NFL. NFL, which you know free agency is rolling on on monday like it's like uh, everything's fine but um just sort of you know this is one of the situations that it's uh it's bigger than than sports um and so you know it's you know we'll, we'll just have to wait i guess and see and hope that things will get back to normal to where we sporting events on tv these guys that uh that put so much time and energy and and work into into playing whether it's basketball football so, you know, baseball, whatever, uh, all these athletes that invest so much time and energy in, into into doing what they do, you know, it's got to be weird for for them as well. So, uh, I'm sure a lot of them are are wanting to get back going wherever uh, their careers kind of take them at this point. But um, yeah, it's just sort of a weird situation all around. But um, I, I can't contend um, with with anything that any league and, and any conference and NCAA and so on, you know, I, I think they've had to do what they've had to do. And, and, um, it, it's good. They've done it. And, and one thing I've thought of is, you know, what, if, what if this all started with like Rudy Gobert, right? Like what if he doesn't test positive for this thing? Yeah. You know, our, our, our league still, I guess maybe the NBA at this point, a lot of conference tournaments would have been going on behind closed doors, uh, but probably behind closed doors. But, you know, are, are people still gathering outside of those arenas? Are people still gathering to watch those games uh, at various places? So, um, you know, that that situation was sort of, I think, for uh, at least for the sports world, ratcheted things up pretty quickly there. So, um, you know, who knows what would happen if, if, if he doesn't test positive for this thing uh, and they don't pull the teams off the court in Utah and Oklahoma City that uh, that night last week. So, uh, and then within 48 hours, pretty much everything, all, all sports in America just about is, is shut down. So it's pretty wild, but that's just sort of kind of the, the weird time that we're living in. Um, and so uh, a lot of people are being affected and are going to have to sort of figure out uh, what they're going to do about their situations athletically and, and beyond. Yeah, and Pat, before we go to break, I'll, I'll mention that I completely agree with everything you just said. There are some things out there that are much, much bigger than sports or or concerts or – you know, um, you know, Broadway plays or, or movies or, or whatever. The, the, this is, uh, I'm writing a column basically that, that, that says, you know, when, when you start comparing anything to literal life and death, uh, literal life and death are pretty much going to win every single battle. 
Uh, they're more important than anything else. And, and I think it, it, it saddens me uh, seeing some people who still continue to go out and do some of these things almost to kind of thumb their nose at, at everyone because you're, you're, you're putting, even if you're young and healthy, it, it's not yourself you're putting in harm's way here. You're putting um, a, a lot of potentially yourself, uh, but potentially um, your parents, your grandparents, uh, some older people that, that you could be exposing to this thing uh, because they're the people who are most susceptible to this. But in some countries, even some of the young people who are surviving this thing, they have 20 to 30 percent less lung capacity, basically, after or, or lung uh, efficiency, however you want to r- r- phrase it, after they battle this virus. So this thing is serious. And uh, even if the mortality rate among younger people is, is pretty low, uh, it's not just that. You know, I think some people look at this like, don't tell me what to do with my life. Uh, it's like if someone's out there smoking and, and like they want to do that, that that's their own life and their own call. But like this is an infectious disease. It's not the same thing at all. Uh, it, it, this is something that you need to be careful with, not for yourself, but for other people. So this is why they had no choice to do what they did. Uh, and I think I'll get off my soapbox now, but I wanted to say that because I think all of us who have a, any kind of a pulpit uh, need to use it uh, to forward the messages that these medical people are giving about this because this thing is serious. But what we're going to do now is we're going to step away, going to go to break, uh, going to come back in just a second, going to talk about Tennessee football specifically, what this means for the Vols, what this means for college football uh, and all that good stuff. But first, we're going to listen to some uh, product services, in-house ads and other fun things uh, because uh, we got to we gotta pay some bills and do some things. We're going to be back, though, just one second. Hashtag ads. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you may or may not have just heard just a second ago. As always, you are not morally, ethically, spiritually obligated, contractually obligated in any way, shape, or form uh, to listen to those commercials. But we appreciate the people who do that. That helps us at uh, CBS Sports, helps us at 24-7 Sports, helps us at Go Vols 24-7, and who knows? It might even help you out there. Maybe you're sitting around here with some cabin fever and you hear this great product or service and you're like, oh my gosh, why is that not in my life? Well, well, you're welcome. Maybe it's in your life now. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, talking a little Tennessee football, 
college sports in general right now as the uh, the coronavirus impacts sort of continue to reverberate around the athletics world. And Pat, here, here's the bottom line, I guess. Uh, you get 15 spring practices in a normal year. Uh, pretty much everyone uses that 15th spring practice as, as a kind of a spring game, spring scrimmage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some schools had done a lot of theirs. Uh, some had done none of theirs. Tennessee had done two of 15 to this point, and Tennessee's original plan was to be off right now anyway because Tennessee was going to you know, get the first week out of the way, get some install stuff done, then go away uh, for spring break uh, for about seven to ten days, then get everybody back in, get a couple workouts in, and then hit the practice field again the week after spring break. Uh, but the problem there, you could see from a million miles away, was that uh, even if you've got this thing contained uh, and it's not in your team to this point, uh, when they go all over the country, perhaps the world for spring break, uh, and then they come back, for, that just seems like a nasty Petri dish. Uh, because football, uh, you've got a lot of guys in close proximity in the locker room. They're they're banging on each other out there on the field. They're sweaty. There's you know, there's blood, there's all just all kinds of things uh, that are getting mixed up there. And, and I, I just, to me, uh, I had no problem with them going ahead and doing that final practice. Why not? You're already there. It's probably fine. Um, but once they came back from spring break, they pretty much had no choice, did they? I mean, across the league. Well, I mean, I, I don't think Tennessee had a choice. I mean, I, you know, uh, the SEC, the way it is, if, you know, it would just take one, one team or maybe two teams to say, uh, we're still going to practice. And, and the others would say, well, if they're practicing, then we need to be practicing too. Bingo. Um, Bingo. Uh, and so, you know, that's, but um, that decision, I think wisely was taken out of the hands of uh, the athletic directors and the coaches um, and the league made that, um, uh, made that decision. And um, I think they've shut everything down. And all organized team activities was the way it was worded uh, when the decision was handed down on Friday, and that was um, through April fifteenth at least. So, um, and and we'll see, you know, at what point do they, you know, is there a chance they resume at that date? There's just at this point, there's no way to know. Uh, from Tennessee's standpoint, they hadn't said anything about what was going to happen with the rest of practices when that came down. Uh, obviously, Tennessee in Tennessee's situation, they had spring break to sort of see uh, what the deal was. But um, at that point, UT had determined that for the first two weeks after spring break, which is this week, uh, that they were going to go to online classes. And so that leaves the question of, well, how much is campus going to be open? Uh, how much was is campus going to be fully operating? Do you have to be back at campus if you can follow your classes online from your home? Do you stay there? I, is that what they're trying to encourage? There's just so many questions that were sort of um, not really determined and may not be determined. And, and so certainly some of those situations can change with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, so many schools shutting down across uh, across the country with with you know governors and and state leaders stepping in and saying that hey you know there doesn't need to be any any schools. Does that apply to colleges? All that stuff. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of wonder, um, you know, at what point will, will Tennessee resume practice? How many other players are even going to be on campus after this week? How many of them, uh, obviously campus is closed on this week cause it's spring break, but you know, uh, how many players went on trips and, and you know, or had trips planned and still went on them. How many had trips planned and determined they would just go home? What do they do at home? Um, how you know, bad is the virus in back, their hometown? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, how, and are, know, are they getting on an airplane with people to go do, you know, to go home? Yeah, there's just there's just so many questions. And, and certainly from, you know, from a league standpoint, I think the SEC really didn't, you know, they needed to do what a lot of other leagues had done and just kind of shut everything down. Um, but, you know, kind of getting into it on a more uh, specific level, you know, what, what are these, you know, how many of these players are going to come back after this week or how many are going to stay home? I mean, you know, how do they kind of stay in shape? You know, where, where do they continue to train and work out and all these kind of things. So, um, and it'll, it'll, yeah, because you, know, you can't, you can't really go to a gym because if you go to a gym, then you're, you know, in this small confined area, well, you that's can, probably, you could go to a gym if they're open. That's yeah. The thing, but you know, but, but until, is that, is that smart though? Until the option is taken out of your hands, some people are going to continue to live their lives that way. And so, um, and you know, that, that's, that's obviously their decision, but that's the question is, you know, what, what do these individual players, you know, kind of what are they, you know, what are they doing for the next several weeks or the next month since that's, you know, the time frame we're looking at at the least. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty and um, certainly it'll be easier for some players to, to stay in, in football shape over the course of uh, the next month if they're, you know, if they were on campus than, than at home. You know, we've heard it, heard it said a lot of times that, you know, college athletes and sometimes you know, college kids in general, they need structure. And now uh, one element of the structure with, um, you know, is gone because otherwise, you know, if things were normal, which obviously they're not, if things were normal, though, they'd be on, you know, they'd be coming back to campus. They would have, you know, they'd, they'd be given a, a workout plan or a training plan to kind of stay in shape over, over spring break, even if they had gone somewhere. So um, there's just a, a lot of uncertainty with, you know, kind of diving into what this means for, for Tennessee's team. You know, it's just – um, there's just sort of a lot of uncertainty and it's going to take a lot of, um, sort of individual accountability, um, for players to make the right decisions, not only, uh, in terms of football, but just do they go out, you know, do they go out, do they go on a trip? If they're on a trip, you know, you know, all the, you know, what do they do? All the, all these things are just, there's just, it's going to take some sort of level of, uh, an individual accountability. I'm sure, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and, and, and maybe the coaching staff gave them some directions on what to do, what not to do. That's pretty common for, teams that go on breaks or whenever a team sort of goes from being uh, together or in the bubble, so to speak, uh, and sort of branches out. So uh, I'm, I'm sure they were given instructions. I'm, but, you know, I'm sure some of them, you know, they're college kids. They, they want to keep living their lives. They, you know, uh, I'm sure we all thought at one point when we were in college that we were invincible too. Oh, so, God, yes. Uh, uh, you know, if a few of them went to the beach or what have you, then um, that's, that's their choice. When they come back, though, are they going back to their hometowns? Are they coming back to campus? That's something that, I don't know has been determined yet just because uh, I don't know if Tennessee uh, on the university level has decided uh, what parts of campus will or won't be open uh, once classes are set to resume um, after this week. Now, I, I think that's still the thing. I, I, your wife works for the university. They haven't changed that course yet. They're still planning on moving online classes only in the next two weeks. They haven't said we're not having classes at all, right? No, I believe I believe so. But I'll tell you this also: the um, you know she's a director uh, at UT uh, in in her department, so she sort of has a responsibility to be there. But she's got a pretty large office of of people who work for her, and she this recording this on Monday. She's the only one from her office. She let everyone else work from home today, and she was the only one who was there. Uh, and is on campus now in her department. So I, I, I don't know. I think every department's handling it differently. Um, but if anyone, I, I know kind of legally, if anyone in a moment like this calls or emails and says, I, I just don't think I'd feel good coming in right now, they're like, okay, you can work from home. I mean, they're not going to stop from, from doing that. So 
that that's kind of kind of where they are now. But you know, and you mentioned about the players, like if the if the football players come back to campus, if they did that when the rest of the campus wasn't there, like who provides their meals? Who, uh, you know, which which of the um, you know, do you say that the you know some of the cafeteria workers can come there, but like only the ones who are like under forty years old? I mean, what do you? There, there's so many different things you what, have what to is, put in what place. What is the access to the to the weight room, training room, all those things? How you know, thoroughly for, is for it players clean? that are maybe dealing yeah. with injuries? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's so many different things that they have to think about. And, and you know, here's what I've been thinking about, Pat. Is you know, you you made a really good point that I was going to make later, but you went ahead and beat me to it. You're smart like that. You you were talking about the. Uh, sort of the com- the competitive advantage disadvantage situation because anytime you talk to and I've learned this in just about every sport at the college level but especially in college football uh, you hear this term competitive advantage disadvantage a lot and, and that's why decisions about football practice regulations and rules have to be made kind of at a national or conference level um, because I was surprised that like Michigan and Ohio State kind of made decisions on their own to go ahead and cancel their spring games um, because that that just seems like something in the SEC that you would just maybe other than Vandy a couple of places, you, you just wouldn't see that because these guys are so competitive and every single day, you know, if you're in a position like let's say you're Tennessee right now, you know, it's not like Bama, Georgia, Florida are going to stop and let you catch them. Uh, you're going to have to do everything that they do and do it better to close that gap to get, you know, as good or better than them eventually. And uh, if everybody's taking days off at the same time, it's going to be hard for you to do that. So you y- you you understand why it's not like they want to put kids in harm's way or anything like that, but they definitely they definitely have they're paid a lot of money, but they have a lot of pressure on them to win and they're trying to get better every day. And and, and so here's my my issue now is how can you handle this spring practice thing in a way that is equitable? Because it's got to be fair for everyone. Right now, we're looking at what, give or, give or take four and a half months uh, until uh, fall camp starts. Is that about right? April, May, June. Yeah, All right. yeah about, about four and a half months. So I don't have the list in front of me of how many spring practices that each team has done. I, I think it was Georgia has done none so far, right? Georgia hadn't started yet, I don't think. Uh, Georgia hadn't started. Auburn hadn't started. Yeah. Um, Tennessee had done two. Alabama yeah. had not started. Alabama was supposed to start Friday, and they didn't. So, um, and, and now I think uh, LSU's athletic director came out on Monday and said that their spring game had been canceled and thought there might be a uh, an SEC-wide determination on that, which – uh, I guess it wouldn't necessarily take away from the practices, but you take away the game aspect of it so that no one could have it with fans. I suppose this would be the goal there, but yeah, go ahead. No, because I'm thinking like, you know, they're not going to be able to do anything for a month. <clears throat> and then at some point, <clears throat> if it takes more than three and a half months, you're kind of bumping into when, when camp almost would start anyway. So my thinking on this is, you know, no matter how you do this, you're leaving it a little bit unfair for someone because my first idea was, okay, let's just – Let's just do away with all spring practice right now. Say right now it's done. It's not going to happen. But if this thing gets cleared, everybody can have 15 extra practices uh, before, 
you know, fall camp normally would start. So you get those extra couple weeks. And if you want, you can do an open practice then, charge people admission or whatever, sell Cokes, hot dogs, burgers, all those things. So you can still make up your... charity, maybe. Yeah, you can still make up your money for that if you want to, if you need it. Or you can, you know, give it to charity if you, you know, or something like some of these SEC schools and have money coming out of your ears. But then what would you say at that point? Like, for instance, Tennessee would get 13, but like Georgia, Bama would get 15. You know, if you're a Tennessee coach at that point, you're thinking, why are they getting two extra practices so close to the season? It's not our fault that that we had two spring practices uh, before this thing started. But then if you let everybody have 15, then you're you've basically got Georgia, Florida, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Auburn, other people saying, well, why did Tennessee get two extra practices out of this? So there's no way to do the thing completely fairly unless uh, sometime like in the next four to eight weeks you get this thing cleared up and then everybody gets a chance to finish their spring camp since. So that means they get all 15 uh, if they had 15 scheduled before or uh, if they've already done two, then they get 13 left or if they've done seven, they get eight. But you still, in that point, you've got it within, you know, the whole thing's wrapping up like a month before regular camp would start. That, to me, is the only sort of fair thing I can come up with here. Because if you just completely do away with spring and you do nothing going forward, you may think, well, it's just two practices without pads. Who cares about that? Well, you know who's going to care about that? I guarantee you, Georgia, Auburn, Bama, those guys, those guys are going to care about that. Because this is this is football. This is SEC football, college football. These coaches are going to care about stuff like that, and they might not say it publicly because uh, the bad PR knockback. But I guarantee you that they're going to say it privately. That's just how they are. And you could argue that they're they're fair and reasonable in doing that because, well, th- this is this is a big big deal. This is competitive advantage, and and that's that's how it goes. So I, I don't know uh, exactly how they can start to figure out what's going on. But if I'm the SEC, I'm probably right now, I've got a big whiteboard or, or a big virtual meeting since you can't maybe meet in person. And, and I'm drawing out on a race board or chalkboard and I'm taking four or five different scenarios. Like, let's say this thing gets cleared. Uh, you know, let's say everything can go back to practicing in a month. Let's say it's six weeks. Let's say it's eight weeks. Let's say it's 12 weeks. And then if you have contingency plans ready to go, if any of those four things happen and you get every league institution to go on board with it, because you have to have everybody in the league agree or you're going to have an issue, right? Yeah. And I would say, assuming that everything will be hunky dory and on April 16th is seems it's, it seems kind of far fetched at least to me, just the way my mind works to assume that that's going to be the case. Um, it does. No, it seems far fetched. It does. Yeah, we, we hope and pray that it is. I mean, uh, that that would be a, a great uh, outcome to this current situation if that was the case uh, for for really everybody. But um, yeah, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I, I think if you're if you're trying to level the playing field as best you can, you probably if you're the if you're the NCA, you probably just bump up the start of practices a week. Um, that way, that the teams that did get two practices that weren't even in you know, weren't even at full pads and maybe that, you know, there were some other teams that were further along in their, in their respective springs. But, uh, in that situation, the, uh, the time period between when you would have been practicing and when you start practicing for the season is, is far enough away that it, it's, I would think it would lessen the competitive advantage. Now coaches probably won't see it that way, but, um, you're talking about practicing in March and April versus practicing in, in mid to late July. So, um, that, that would be my thought, but you know, th- there is no perfect way to, to do that. And, and, you know, if things do get back to normal before too long, I'm sure 
you know, uh, who, who's, you know, how many coaches next season, if things don't go right, are going to say, well, we didn't have a spring, you know, that, 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 that'll be, I'm going to say a, a built in excuse. And there will, there will be some coaches that probably say that publicly uh, and a lot of them that say it privately if, if, uh, if that's how things go. But yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, I mean, there's just, there's so many different layers to this situation that go beyond sports that it's really just kind of hard to, um, know what's going to happen with sports. You know what I mean? I mean, we all, we all want everything to get back to normal. We all want everything to, uh, you know, we all want basketball on TV and, and, you know, we all want the masters to come back on and, and we all want spring football to talk about, but, uh, right now that's not the situation that it is. And, and, and who knows when things, you know, we'll have those things to talk about, uh, instead of what's going on with sort of in the bigger picture with the, with the world. So, um, but yeah, I, like I said, there's, there's no easy way to do this. And, um, uh, for a lot of, a lot of leaders in a lot of different places, this is, this is new territory and something that they're, they're kind of having to manage the first time. And, uh, as we saw, you know, on Thursday and Friday of last week, a lot of things changed sort of on the fly, you know, something may be the, you know, the, uh, you know, situation a might be the case right now, but it could change in 10 minutes. You know, that's just sort of the, uh, the, the way things are, are going with the, the way the world is right now. And, um, it's going to take a lot of patience and, and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, there's just, We'll just have to kind of see how, how it all plays out. Yeah, one thing that I think is really important to note here, uh, there's a couple things. First is that I, I think we can all agree on this. Uh, anything that goes on uh, with any of the sports, especially football, uh, I don't think you can let these schools do it on a case-by-case basis. I think you have to take that decision out of their hands. I think decisions have to be made preferably by the NCAA um, but but at least by the conference offices because I, I wouldn't want them to put those coaches in a position. You know, if you're a coach on a hot seat and you're you're sitting there, you know your team's got to be better, or you're gonna, or, or you're you're potentially fired after the season. And Jeremy Pruitt's not one of those coaches. Uh, but but let's say somebody else in the league is. Well, then they might be. It's human nature, right? They might be more willing to say, well, I don't have a choice. I don't I don't want my kids to move. I don't want all this to happen. I don't want to get fired. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and. I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to do these practices, even though I maybe shouldn't. So I, I think you have to do it on a conference-wide or preferably NCAA-wide level. That's the first thing. And, and the second thing is, uh, you know, Pat, we talk about sports and, you know, their proper place in the world and all these other things. And, and I agree that 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 they – anytime you, you talk about something that's literally life and death, life and death wins. But the people I keep thinking about, which is weird, are – Maybe not weird, but but this is where I keep going back to. I keep going back to like the people whose livelihoods depend on their ability to, you know, kind of help with these athletics events. And I don't mean journalists. You know, we're 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 fine. I don't. I mean, we'll be fine. I'm talking about like the the people who help with parking on campus for these things. The people who are the ushers at these events. The people who do security. The food vendors. You know, those people, a lot of them, it's not their only job, but it's still an absolutely vital income stream for their families and and for them to, to pay their mortgages and pay their rents and to, you know, get their kids, you know, medicine and things like this. And, and those are the people that I see, you know, we've seen a lot of the, um, you know, basically a lot of these uh, I think we we saw Giannis uh, do it with the Bucks. I, we've seen some other guys like Mark Cuban with the Mavs who have stepped up and said, "I'm going to help support these employees during a time like this." And I think when you look at the average money that all these SEC schools have, 
I think they need to go ahead and pay these people for the work they were going to do, or at least part of it, the work they were going to do during this time, because a lot of those families absolutely need that money, uh, probably right now as much as ever. And, and, I, and I would like to see the league do something for those people. That would be neat. Yes, it would. I think that's a pretty good place to leave. Pat, is there anything else? Because I don't know what we can talk about with the actual Tennessee football team because I, you know, they had two practices, right? Um, and one of them was close to the media. So I saw one practice in shorts and uh, about 15 minutes of it. So I don't know, and it was pouring rain the entire time. So I don't know what I can tell you other than a couple of the guys looked bigger. Um, this is up front about as good physically as Tennessee has looked in several years. There's a lot of big physical bodies up there. Uh, that's a nice-looking group of athletes in the quarterback room now. Um, you know, they still need a couple of bodies at, at linebacker that are coming this summer. Uh, they still need, <clears throat> excuse me, some bodies at wide receiver uh, that'll be there this this summer. But but they have some some good looking bodies at wide receiver now that I think have had some pretty good off seasons. You know, tight end they need some help. But I mean, we're talking fifteen minutes in shorts. So what can we? I mean, you, there's only so much you can infer from that, right? Like it's hard to tell people, well, this is this is where they are because I don't even know that the coaches know much at this point. Yeah, and you you saw more than I did. I was at our twenty four seven sports SEC site conference last week, so I didn't even go to. I wasn't even at practice on Tuesday, so I've seen zero guys running around in shorts. So you've got a you got a big advantage. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you, you've been able to glean. You 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 can probably tell what record Tennessee's gonna gonna have next. Well, season, I, I probably based on I probably I probably am gonna go back. We're 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 digging around for content. I probably am gonna go back through my photos from that first day and get some of the the shots that didn't make that first album and just go ahead and do a second one because why not at this point because that might be the only spring practice photos that we're going to get right uh, uh yeah for the foreseeable future yeah that 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 might be how it is so um pat is there anything else uh, or should i go ahead and step on out of here and, and roll these credits roll them roll the beautiful bean footage <clears throat> i will go ahead and do that thanks pat thanks buddy Excuse me, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry, my voice for like a month. I have been coughing for like a month. Don't worry, I've been to the doctor. I think everything's fine. But still, I'm losing my voice, so it sounds even worse than usual, and I apologize for that. Guys, as always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, uh, nothing else, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir, you can go get only Tennessee news. So there'll be no uh, corgi picks for me or uh, health advice for me because I'm obviously such a healthy specimen. Uh, no Job Morant uh, tweets from Pat. Uh, no lower caps diss tracks from from Grant on Twitter uh, and, and none of whatever it is Ryan does on Twitter. If you just want just Tennessee news, you can go get that at twitter.com slash govals247 or facebook.com slash govals247 or if you want to get that delicious bean footage, that wonderful, delicious, crisp East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water direct from, directly from the source, if I could speak, you can go get that at www.govols247.com. we got a lot of good deals, as always. And, and I'll tell you this, guys. We are going to continue to provide Tennessee coverage every single day. If there are no sports for like two months, we are still going to give you 
access to things. We are going to give you analysis. We are going to try to entertain you. We are going to break down things we've seen, things we might see. I'll have some columns up there for sure. We will have Tennessee coverage no matter what. We're going to be there. We are going to be there at GoVols247.com. So as always, it's a good time to go check that out. A couple good deals going on right now. And if you do that, uh, you pay us the full price, you get CBS All Access access for free. $100 annual value in your pocket. So go do that. If nothing else, uh, guys, we'll see you barring major news probably in a couple of days. Ramey and I are going to do a basketball season recap edition. And uh, then we'll go from there. And who knows, in a few weeks, we might have podcasts on our favorite uh, streaming shows. But hey, you know what? We're going to have them anyway. Thanks, guys. See you.